Officially back because I am here with John Love, the Gridiron Scholar. John, every year we preview the 2024 rookie class. We go through an in-depth series of rookie profile previews. But before we do that, John, we always kick off draft season with a look at the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is a huge jumping-off point to help understand the value of the 2024 rookie class. It gives these wide receivers and, of course, players from all positions the opportunity to go down to Mobile, Alabama, get some one-on-one -on -one attention from scouts. For the wide receiver position, John, it gives them the opportunity to get into some isolated drills, uh, and it's a really great opportunity to improve your draft stock. So we're going to be talking about the first half of the wide receiver group on today's episode. We're going to call these guys more of our ex-receivers, and we're going to go through each individual profile give you a real preview of where we could see these guys going in terms of their draft value through Senior Bowl week, but also a little bit of a teaser, John, of their overall projection through the NFL draft. It feels good to be back. Are you ready to get into it, my friend? Oh, it's definitely good to be back, brother. And I'll tell you, Senior Bowl is important as a fantasy fan. If you want to get ahead of the competition, Matt, I can go back to Cooper Cup. I had heard about him out of Eastern Washington. But then you hear about his week in Mobile. You see the drills on tape. You watch the game. Then we had Debo Samuel hit a huge grand slam in Mobile. A couple years ago, Nico Collins, remember he missed the year with the Wolverines and he started to make noise the Senior Bowl. We previewed him. I actually went back and watched that show again. We like Nico. And now look at what he's doing with the quarterback he has. And what I did. I rewatched last year's two wide receiver shows. Look who we loved and highlighted. Rasheed Rice, Puka Nakua, Tank Dell, Jake Reed. They were all at the Senior Bowl. They were all great fantasy producers. And I'm telling you right now, folks, we have players on today's show who will impact your fantasy team next year. All right, John, let's get into it. But before we do, I want to remind folks, if you enjoy the video, if this helps you prep for the 2024 class, do us a favor, give the video a like, drop a comment, ask us any question about the Senior Bowl, about this 2024 class. We love to have that discussion back and forth in the comments. And of course, if you want to get in-depth access to our full rookie rankings here, the Rookie Big Board Discourse, personalized rookie draft advice, you can head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard and join the community. The link will be in the episode description. John, without further ado, let's get into a much highly anticipated, highly hyped wide receiver. It felt like we needed to kick it off here with Devontae's Tez Walker out of the University of North Carolina. John, we'll get into the player card in a second, but I wanted to start off with Tez here because this is the perfect example of a player who could just see his value skyrocket through the Senior Bowl. We're going to talk about his tape. There's plenty to like about his tape. But overall, John, he's raw. 
right? He's going to have a chance to get in front of these NFL scouts, these NFL head coaches, front offices, and take a big step forward. So, John, give us the give us the profile here. Uh, lean us into Devontae's Tez Walker out of the University of North Carolina. First thing, we no longer have a lot of players who are at one school for three or four years. You've got to understand, you got to get used to these transfer players. It's going to change how we evaluate. It's going to be rare to get a player at three or four years at one school, Matt. So Devontae Walker, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. So he has really nice NFL size. He played two seasons at Kent State. Now that is a G5 program. And in those two seasons, Matt, he logged 63 passes, for 1,045 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was also all Mac in 2022. So he had a really, really nice time. I liked him. I had seen him at Kent State. If you're hardcore college football like Matt and I, we love Maction. So we had seen Devontae Walker. I'm not going to get into why he couldn't get on the field long enough. You can look that up. He, had, he transferred to North Carolina. The NCAA just gave him a lot, of, in my opinion, a lot of nonsense. So he finally got on the field and finally scouts were able to see him compete at a higher level. Last year, he played in only eight games. But Matt, he was incredible in those eight games. 41 receptions for 699 yards and seven touchdowns. When I plug his numbers into my model, and you can look at it on the screen, there's a lot of things to really like about this young man. First thing I'm going to highlight, Matt, 16.8 yards per catch. Absolutely love that. He's a deep home run threat. He has the team dominator, 36% of the catches and yards. You can use him as an NFL team and pepper him with targets, which you can see at North Carolina a couple games this year. His ADOT, PFF ADOT, um, average depth of target down the field, Matt, I love this. 18.2. He is not running short routes. And I think you're going to talk about it. But one thing I loved on film, I love his deep crossers, Matt. Between 13 and 18 yards down the field, he's almost unstoppable on those deep crossers. Matt, what did your film study say about Devontae Walker? Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Walker. Now, I mentioned off the top, I think the Senior Bowl is important for him because I do think if you look at his route running, if you look at his overall game, John, it's a bit raw. And I think you can tell that he spent most of his college career playing at the G5 level. I thought he'd come back for another year of college, but I understand why he declared and why folks are excited about him. I think he's got really reliable hands, John. He's got excellent body control working along the outside. So he's definitely going to be a boundary presence at the next level. He's comfortable working in traffic. He has good ball tracking ability. So I definitely think that there's a lot to like here about Devontae Walker. He's somebody, John, who right now, because this wide receiver class is so loaded, he's a he's wide receiver, you know, he's in that 7 to 10 range for me. But he has opportunity to move up the ranks. And I certainly know folks who do have him closer to a wide receiver five. So he's going to be a really fascinating player to watch. Just like the next guy, John, that we're going to be talking about. He doesn't have the hype yet. He doesn't have the hype yet is my emphasis. Because there are some folks who are in on Ladd McConkey, the wide receiver out of Georgia. 
And after the Senior Bowl, John, that number is going to expand exponentially because there's going to be a lot of fantasy analysts that get down to Mobile. They get to see his explosiveness in person. And I think his stock is going to skyrocket. Talk to us about Lad McConkey, the wide receiver out of Georgia. I wish he played a few more games this year. There were some injuries this year that kept Lad off the sideline because I really liked his tape from the year before. And Matt, one thing that I came away watching the film of Lad McConkey, you know what? He excels in chaos. How many times does he catch the ball with like three defenders around him between the hash marks? I mean, like he has no fear of complete chaos. Like people at his legs, defensive backs trying to knock the ball out. I really like his toughness in the middle of the field and he's fearless. He's 60185. He plays a lot bigger than he looks at 185. He's really tough. Last year, I mentioned he only played in nine games. He had 30 catches for 478 yards and two touchdowns. I advise everyone to go watch some film. You'll see the chaos and where he excels. But really, go back to 2022. 15 games for the national champions, 58 receptions for 762 yards and seven touchdowns. He was so good here in second team All-SEC. He was also named coach's freshman All-SEC team three years ago when he caught 31 passes for 447 yards and six touchdowns. When I plug him into my model, and you can look at the numbers on the screen there, Matt, 76% catch rate. And what I like about that catch rate is he's always got people around him, it seems like, right? Like he is not deterred from the chaos and he has really good hands. So I love that. Team Dominator, put it into context. Of course, I would like to see it higher, but he happened to play with a player named Brock Bowers. And anyone who knows Georgia's football, they're not throwing the football 80 times a game. So I'm okay with that. I really like this young man. I can't wait to see him at the Senior Bowl, Matt. Yeah, John, I think you you summed it up really well, right? What I love about McConkey, I think it's really sneaky uh, how explosive he is. He gets oh, going right off the line of scrimmage. He gets the top speed quickly. And you'll see it, John, he's creating space consistently uh, through the plays. Now, I'm not knocking Carson Beck uh, totally. And, of course, you know, he was catching balls um, – from um, Setson Bennett, I almost forgot yes. his name already, last year. Uh, but if you go back and you watch McConkey tape, you can see him reacting well to off-target passes fairly consistently. And you mentioned his ability to, to work in tight space, work in traffic. He is great at holding on to the ball through contact. So, John, we have good hands. We have the ability to separate, and we have the ability to be explosive and get to top speed You know, quickly. Those are He's checking a lot of boxes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think, too, when an NFL team looks at him, they're going to look at a guy who's probably going to play in a flanker role at the next level. But you could move him inside. He could play off of the seam and be really effective. Georgia utilized him in that way uh, throughout this season. So I think there's a lot of versatility here. And I think there's just a lot of upside to his game. So I think Lad McConkey is going to be somebody who's very valued by NFL teams. And again, somebody who's going to catch the eye of a lot of folks down in Mobile. John, the guy who caught my eye more than anybody else in my initial uh, scouting review of the wide receivers, and I think I'm up to 25 or 30 of them now, uh, is the guy out of South Carolina, Xavier Leggett, John. This guy is a dude. 
when I heard that he was going to the senior bowl, I, it was a little, you know, bittersweet. It was validation because I think that he's a great prospect. I think he's got round one potential, but I was hoping John, the secret would stay, you know, under wraps a little bit longer here uh, because his value is just going to explode here over the next couple months. So tell me what you got here on Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver out of the university of South Carolina. In my book, he rose as high as anyone this year throughout the process. I'll be honest, he wasn't on my radar. And I was we're, I was interested in Antoine Wells in South Carolina, who just could not get on the field this year. So between studying um, Spencer Rattler and then just hoping Antoine Wells gets on the field, I end up watching a lot of Xavier Leggett early in the season. And Matt, he's an interesting prospect. He is 6'1", 217, and he looks and plays at 217. He is all man. Now, if you're if you looking at the me, early you breakout, told me he was Matt, 6'4", 235, I'd believe you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks huge. Like, it's well sculpted. Um, If you're early breakout, Matt, he's not going to be your guy because he graduated high school in 2019. And basically, I look back, he played quarterback in high school. He rushed for over 1,800 yards, and he passed for 887. So I kind of understand why he probably didn't play quarterback at the college level. So that might explain some of the reason why it took him time to make an impact. What I do like in his profile, he played on special teams as a freshman. So South Carolina made an effort to get him on the field. During his career, he returned 29 kicks for 767 yards and a touchdown. So what I see is an explosive high-end athlete with incredible strength, Matt. And this year, he was just awesome, Matt. 71 catches. And South Carolina wasn't great. And Matt, literally, he was the offense at times. Like, they had no running game. I actually was looking at their runners and looking at the stats. I'm like, oh, my God, the running game's even worse than I thought. He had 1,255 yards and nine touchdowns. He earned second team All-SEC. This I found interested in one of the databases. He was tracked at 22.3 miles per hour, which was the third fastest all season. And Matt, I will say this. He looks it on film. When he gets in the open field, he doesn't get caught much. At least I didn't see him get caught from behind. And you can look at the stats on the screen, everyone. There's some very interesting things that are when you look at the numbers here. He averaged 14.8 yards per catch, and his A dot was 13.8. But you look at his receiving yards per team pass attempt, Matt, 3.05. And you know why? His yak yardage. When you watch him, Matt, how often does he take like a 10 or 8-yard catch and then go 30 yards with it or go for a long touchdown? He is awesome in space with the ball in his hands. Matt. An exciting player. He might go on day two. Yeah, I think Leggett has a chance to go day one, to be completely oh. honest with you. I mean, and it's a stacked class, but this guy, John, is a boundary monster. And for folks who've been, you know, watching the rookie big board, you know, three, four, five years now, you know, I normally don't get overly excited about these guys, you know, these contested catch guys. But Leggett is so much more than your traditional contested catch guy. He has great vertical athleticism. He'll separate before the catch point. You know, he has a, a great catch radius. He's got an awesome wingspan. 
He matches that with ball tracking, John, reliable hands. Uh, when he's running in a straight line, you mentioned it. He accelerates very well downfield. But what I love about Leggett here, and here's the difference, right? And here's here's what helps separate him from other guys who just rely on contested catchability. Leggett, he wins in the short field. You know, he could cut a slant. He'll win in the midfield. He's, he's willing to work that deep out. You know, he can get that uh that um you know deep comeback route as well that shows up on his tape and then he'll win in the deep field you know he'll win running the go route he'll he'll win off the post john and you know he's not always creating you know four or five steps but he's going against sec defenders and he's winning consistently so like you said this is a guy it did take him a little bit of time to to develop but at the end of the day we have awesome athleticism. He's going to go to Indy, and I expect him to smash the combine. And there's a lot of you know, people who love that combine part of the process. They're going to love Xavier Leggett, and they're going to be able to go back and match that with some really awesome tape that features good hands and good enough route running to win at the next level. So I think there's a whole lot to like about Xavier Leggett. So, John, between Leggett, Tez Walker, Lad McConkey, man, that's, that is enough reason to lock in on the Senior Bowl wide receiver group themselves. And now we're going to dig. We're going to dig a little bit deeper, John. We're going to go into some depth of the class, okay? Because we know the rookie big board. We go deep. We cover everybody, right? We already have 50-plus scouting reports finished over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. So let's get into somebody, John, who's probably more of a day three type prospect, but you know, is definitely uh, getting a lot of attention, I think, especially through fantasy circles. And it's probably more than just the family name here, John. But let's go to the other USC out there in, in Southern California and talk about Brendan Rice, the wide receiver out of uh, USC. Yes, he is the son of the all-time great, my best receiver I've ever seen in my lifetime, and NFL Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. He's 6'3", 210 pounds. He's not his father. And, and, and don't analyze him or think about him in those terms. It's just uh, it's not, not fair. a fear analysis. They're different players. I believe they have different skill sets. But he is a fascinating prospect. I agree with you. I right now have a fifth-round grade. I do think he'll be drafted on day three. He's worth bringing into your program. He originally enrolled at Colorado before he transferred to USC. In two seasons for the Buffaloes, he logged 27 catches for 419 yards and five touchdowns. Nothing that blew you away, but Matt, if you remember, and our listeners, Colorado was in a bad state of affairs when Brendan Rice was there. So he ends up joining the Trojans, and he has garnered a lot more interest in the scouting and the fantasy communities. He's been better. Put aside anything else. He's been pretty good. Last year, Matt, he established career bets with 45 catches for 791 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was a little, from a fantasy perspective, a little bit of hit and miss. If you got the touchdowns, you had a good fantasy day. If you just got like four catches for 70 yards, it was okay. He did average 17.6 yards per catch. They take deep shots with Rice down the field, but he does have Caleb Williams throwing him the football. Now, when you look at those stats there, in context, always matters. Team dominator is not going to happen with Lincoln Riley, Matt. We've done enough Lincoln Riley wide receivers over the years. He's going to spray the ball around. He's going to give different people opportunity. So that's all right in context. His catch percentage is concerning, and I saw some drops on tape. 
64% when you have Caleb Williams throwing the football to you. I would expect a little bit higher. I don't love his hands. Yards per catch overall in his career is nice, 16.4. And USC threw the ball to him deep with an A dot of 15.1. I do like him, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think there's there's things to be attracted to from his film review, right? Uh, you look at his ability to play along the boundary. Uh, you know, I think he plays with good body positioning. There's some examples of some really good ball tracking going on there. I think an NFL team, I know it's not, you know, super exciting for fantasy football, but I think an NFL team is going to look at his physical blocking ability, his, his willing uh, run blocking tendencies, and I think they're going to be excited about that. Uh, he does have a good frame, John. You know, he's able to extend it. Sometimes these guys have good frames and they they don't use it. I think he uses his frame well. Uh, part of that goes back into body positioning. So I think that there's, you know, things to be interested in with Rice. I will say I don't think he separates at the level that I would appreciate. You could see him getting jammed up uh, fairly often in his tape, which is definitely something that is a red flag for me. But, you know, what, what's great, John, is we only get to watch so much tape, right? And especially of a guy like Brendan Rice, who, you know, maybe he's getting six, seven targets in a good game. So having the ability to, to see Brendan Rice uh, in isolation drills, one-on-one -on -one against defensive backs at, at Mobile, that's going to give us a really good opportunity to see, you know, is there more here? Can we put him on the sleeper radar? Or do we just kind of let him fade off? You know, that's going to be... That's what a big thing about Mobile is not only being able to see the top guys we're excited to see, but, you know, let's look at the depth here. Who's going to show us some signs that they might be one of these sleeper type guys where even if they are drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, they could turn some fantasy upside. Uh, John, the next guy that we're going to talk about is somebody who I think uh, does have some fantasy upside. I was pretty impressed when I watched his tape more than I expected to be. Uh, and I got some glimpses of him live this year, and I liked what I saw then, too. That's going to be Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver out of Florida. I have to admit, I was more impressed than I thought I would be also, Matt. And, yeah. you know, Florida was a weird team. They bring in Graham Mertz. So I had my real serious questions about the Gators passing game entering the season. I did like their running game, but I was concerned about their passing game. But you know what? Ricky Pearsall showed me a lot, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to think I'm crazy, everyone who's watching. Grant Hurts was good this year, folks. He's he wasn't that bad. Better, yeah. he's, he's got something. I'm very interested in him over the summer to watch more tape, but that's a different story for a different day. Pearsall, 6'1", 190 pounds. He enrolled originally at Arizona State in 2019 before transferring to Florida in 2022. In his first two seasons on campus in the sun, he really wasn't that good, but he did break out in 2021. He had 48 catches for 580 yards and four touchdowns for the Sun Devils. And if you remember, everyone, he was playing with Jaden Daniels. You know, it's interesting when you look back here now what they had at Arizona State and what they didn't do, but that's a different story. Now he comes over to the SEC. And he really does pick up his game map. He was impressive two seasons as a Gator. 98 catches for 1,626 yards and nine touchdowns. I do think he ran a lot out of the slot. He looks like an inside guy. He kind of has the body of maybe your boundary, but I don't think that's where he's going to excel, Matt. I think he excels in the middle of the field. So you have a little bit of a conundrum here. 
And then if you look at the stats on the board, and this is why I like to dig deeper, you do have a, a few warning signs here. I like the 15.2 yards per catch, but when you dig deeper, his A dot is 11.1. He had a lot of short passes, a lot of quick screens. I do see him on some jet sweeps and stuff like that, quick pitches. So there were some manufactured touches for him. That's why I, I tend to think he's not a classic boundary. I think he'll excel in the middle of the field, but he does have a nice team dominator. I like that a lot. And his catch percent is good. I'm very interested one-on-one -on -one in Mobile. How does he do on the outside? Can he get separation if those corners are bumping him and he's got to run an outside of the hash mark route? Matt, what do you think of this young man? Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, when I was watching Pearsall tape, I saw a player who's explosive. He's got a good release off the line of scrimmage. He gets into space well. I think he moves really well laterally, which we don't always see from the wide receiver position. Uh, you put him in open space, John, you'll see he has a little bit of shake to his game. He has the ability to be elusive. So there are definitely some fantasy players out there that get really excited about yak or yards after catch potential. And if you're one of those people, I think Ricky Pearsall will definitely check a box for you there. I think he's got reliable hands. Um, you know, he tracks the ball well. He follows it uh, across the field well. Uh, you mentioned Graham Mertz did put it on target a little bit better, but I think that he was able to kind of be in stride with Graham Mertz and, and be uh, synced up well with him. So I think it was a really nice pairing for both of these guys. You know, one thing that I'll note, uh, I believe he he didn't return all the punts this year for Florida, but he was used on punt return. And one of the things we talk about all the time, John, when it comes to who are those guys that you're going to be willing to use your fourth round pick on in a fantasy rookie draft, right? Like who are those stashable guys? You always want to stash somebody who you think could be used on special teams in the NFL because it's going to keep them on the roster, uh, potentially on that 53-man roster. And I think Pearsall did enough in punt return that an NFL team may value him for that as well. I do think he's definitely a day three selection. But guess what, John? In this wide receiver class, there's going to be a lot of really good day three selections. Um, and so there, there's plenty to like here about uh, Pearsall. So next up here, we're going to go to our uh, penultimate wide receiver that we're going to talk about on this episode. And I'm, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave it at this, John. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts first. We don't, we don't sync up, um, you know, we don't match up notes before every show. So I'm genuinely interested to see how you feel about uh, Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver out of Florida State. I can tell a little bit. We've worked together now for five years. Your tone is is telling me we have not talked about him. And I will say this. I'm not impressed. I see flashes. But I will say this. I think there's a lot more limits to his game and his upside. I'm surprised there's like Johnny Wilson stands who love him. I think he's okay. 67237 and I always leave wanting more Matt like there's something missing he's not as fluid he's not as agile he's not as strong like I I I will say this yes he's tall but where does he win but that's a different story for when we break him down in the future he enrolled at Arizona State and he played for two seasons with limited play time in those two years he only had 18 catches for 243 yards and eight touchdowns. Now he transferred to Florida State, and I was kind of excited because at Florida State, you got Mike Norvell, 
who's been very good. If you don't know everyone, he was at Memphis and he developed a lot of wide receivers. Florida State was undefeated this year. He had a good quarterback, so I was really excited about him. In 2022, he was good. 43 receptions, 897 yards, and five touchdowns. Matt, he averaged 20.9 yards per catch. Okay, show me more on an undefeated team with Keon Coleman on the other side of the ball, a potential pro quarterback. He came out with 41 catches for 617 yards and two touchdowns, 15 yards per catch. And Matt, every time I watch him in every game live, I'm like, where's Johnny Wilson? Where's Johnny Wilson? Then I went back down, broke down the tape. And I'm always trying to ask myself, where does he win? Like, what, what can I say that will say Johnny Wilson is going to win and this is how he'll succeed? I don't see it. And, and maybe it's just me. I think he's interesting because of his size, but I don't see it. And if you look at the numbers on the board, everyone, there's some really warning signs here, really concerning to me. 58% catch rate. I don't think he has very good hands, Matt. Team dominator. Now he did play with Keon Coleman, but was only 18%. Receiving yards per team pass attempt, Matt. I'm looking at two and a half. He's at one and a half. He's way below. And then he only, his A dot was only 13.8. Matt, do you see where he wins or what do you think about Johnny Wilson? Yeah, you know, I think I understand why he's at the Senior Bowl, right? Because he is going to yeah. get this Senior Bowl invite and he's going to be in Mobile over some other wide receivers that we might end up liking more that end up playing in the Shrine Bowl, right? So, you know, I, th I certainly think when the NFL is looking at him, they're, they're going to be attracted to that size. They're going to be attracted to that frame. Uh, you know, he will uh, win in contested catch situations. I think that if you just watched, you know, if you clipped together all the highlights from Johnny Wilson's career – then you'd get really excited about him. Um, but that's why it's yeah. just watch the highlights, right? Uh, because you're going to see somebody who rarely gets separation. You know, he's getting a lot of those contested catches because he's letting defenders drape all over him. The, the, <laughs> he lets defenders jump positioning on him. Uh, he's rounded through his cuts. He's slow through his cuts. Um, and John, there's a really, really simple rule uh, that I follow with my wide receiver prospects. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds basic, but it's really helped me, you know, avoid guys like Quentin Johnston, avoid guys like Jalen Rager. John, I like when my wide receivers can catch the ball. <laughs> you know? I, I find it helpful. And Johnny Wilson has so many drops. Uh, their, their concentration drops. They're just drops. Uh, there, you know, he, he, you know, there's plenty of, of PBUs because he's letting defensive backs jump him, you know, despite the fact he's six, seven. So, uh, we're, it's clear here that we're not going to be a Johnny Wilson, uh, account here over the next couple months, but again, let's see what happens. Let's get him down in mobile. You know, we, we are not stubborn analysts. We'll pivot if we see him pop off in mobile. So, uh, I'm glad he's going to get the opportunity. I'll be interested, John, to see if he gets some work with the tight ends. I could see him getting some work with the tight ends as well. Uh, because NFL teams will do that. The last players to move around positions, if they think, they could see them projecting elsewhere. So you see it more on the defensive side of the ball, but but we certainly could see it for offense as well in this situation. So it'll be very interesting with Johnny Wilson. And, and we'll, you know, take a, a little tick up here in interest and we'll finish on a, a little bit of a higher note here, but another day three projection. 
Uh, it's going to be Jordan Whittington, the wide receiver out of Texas. No, not a Donnie Mitchell, not Xavier Worthy, that other wide receiver out of Texas, John. So what do you got here on Whittington? First, it's kind of amazing how much talent Texas had. I mean, they did make <laughs> right. it to the CFP semifinals, but they had some talent at the wide receiver position. He's 6'1 and 204 pounds. Unlike most of the players in this year's draft, or many, he did not transfer. He's been at Texas his whole time. Now, he converted from running back to wide receiver once he joined the Longhorns. He had been mostly running back in high school, and you see the size, and you can you can kind of understand. He had a redshirt season in 2020, and he did not see many targets his first three seasons on campus. But in 2022, he played in 13 games. He had 50 receptions for 652 yards and a touchdown. So he kind of popped up on my radar. I think I drafted him in a few best ball teams. I did know he was probably third in the pecking order at the Longhorns, but I had hoped for a little bit more. Last year, considering how good this offense was, he only had 42 receptions for 505 yards and a touchdown. He was, he is a smart young man. He's been named first team academic all Big 12 in 2020 and 2021. And there are things to like. There are things to like about Jordan Winningham. But Matt, there are in his stats on the screen some very concerning numbers. Look at his A dot, Matt. 7.3. I don't don't remember. They are throwing the ball to him literally so often, like dump offs. You can see Quinn Ewers looking through his progressions. And Jordan Winnington is the last guy on the progression, kind of almost acting like a halfback. So that and then they just run a lot of quick screens, a lot of outs on him. Receiving yards per team pass attempt 1.06, yards per catch 12.5. He hasn't done a lot. With what he has been given, this is an opportunity for this young man at the Senior Bowl to open some eyes. Let's see what he does on some drills where he has to run deeper routes. Because as the third receiver, it could be Steve Sarkeesian's offense, right? When you have so much other talent, maybe they're running the deep routes. So it's I, I can't say the kid can't do it, but the young man hasn't done it on tape. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think when you look at Whittington, right, you're going to see a good set of hands. You know, he was catching anything that was thrown his way. You're going to see somebody with quick feet. Uh, you know, he he can get some yards after the catch for sure. He's physical after the catch. I appreciate that. You know, he's willing to lower his shoulder, get a few extra yards. I think he, he maintains fairly good contact balance. Uh, but like you said, John, it always seemed like it was this awkward usage of, of Whittington because they were essentially using him as like a, a gadgety type. A lot of the targets were in the flat, you know, quick, quick slants. It was a lot of short stuff. Um, and so when you look at him and you try to figure out his projection based on that, you know, is he going to be a, a 205 pound slot at the next level? Is it? Or is it really just this idea that you had these explosive wide receivers on the outside with Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, and then, of course, you had Jatavion Sanders playing tight end, too, and and he's taking most of the targets over the middle because he's very talented as well. And But if you've been following the career of of Whittington, you know, over the last couple years, it's always been like 
you know, we're, we're waiting for it to be Whittington's turn. And there were injuries and there was a variety of circumstances, coaching changes over his time at Texas. But, you know, it seemed like we never saw the full fruition of what Jordan Whittington could be, uh, despite the fact that he's been a guy on our radar for a long time now. So I am excited to, to see him in Mobile. I'm excited to see him, like you said, with that opportunity to be used in a different way. Um, and it's not even that Sarkeesian used him bad. He just may not have needed him in that same way. Right. So we're not knocking Sark on this. Uh, we're just no. saying that in a, in a new context, sometimes that could really help these guys shine. So I'm excited to see Whittington, John and Mobile. I'm excited to see all six wide receivers that we talked about on this episode. And I'm excited to talk about the seven plus we're up to seven more. We may have even more than that by the time we get to next week's recording, uh, but we will go into the other half of the wide receiver group in next week's recording, breaking down that half. And John as a little bit of a teaser. I now, we talked about a lot of big names this episode, but we did not talk about the player who is my early wide receiver sleeper favorite, uh, that third round juicy value type guy. He's going to be in next week's episode. So that's your Ooh. teaser. You're going to want to make sure if you're watching here that you're subbed on YouTube. If you're listening, leave a five-star review. Those have been flowing in. We appreciate it. Uh, and like I said, you know, like the video if you're watching, leave us a comment. We'd love to have that discourse back and forth. And we'd love to have you join us over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. Get in on the updated in-depth rookie rankings. Nobody's going into more detail. Nobody's got the more active discord talking about this 2024 class already. This is the time to get in and get ahead of your league mates. Thanks for watching, everybody.